0: My name is Jason Salomi, and this is Perfection, an Athlete's Perspective. We've got a very, very special guest today. A uh, good friend of mine, running back for the GB Lions, formerly of Southampton Stags, London Blitz, Dresden Monarchs, and the Bialstock Lowlanders, Mr. Glenn Tunga. Glenn, how you doing, man? Hey, man, what's up, man? <laughs> <How you doing? laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, me and Glenn, me and Glenn know each other for a while. Uh, we used to play at Blitz together. Uh, we played against yeah. each other at uni. Uh, obviously, <laughs> now, now, <laughs> now, Glenn's, now Glenn's on his way uh, to doing great things, hopefully, in the CFL. Um, but, Glenn, the reason I wanted to speak to you is because, obviously, you do a lot of things at ATP, um, yeah. Your your performance, sort of, your performance thing. And obviously, you're you're getting ready to go to the CFL um, and compete in a CFL combine. And I just wanted to discuss a few things with you that might help me and might help people listening, um, if that's okay with you, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Yeah, man. All right. So one thing I noticed, you guys training in ATP, uh, you do a lot of like like force production, like jumping around, like plyometrics and stuff like that. Um, for you personally, is there, is there a way that you found that's, that's uh, the best way of training it? Uh, and if you don't mind sharing the secret so people can, uh, can improve.
1: So you mean the best way of, of training like explosiveness? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like explosive um, stuff. Yeah, so that's obviously, um, we work in, so when we talking about explosiveness, we're talking about, but well, at ATP specifically, it's all about getting athletes faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more explosive an athlete is off the line, Um, the the better it is for them. Um, You know, the more force an athlete is producing, obviously, um, (laughs) the the faster they run. um, You know, it's just, uh, those are physics. The more you put into the ground, you get back. Um, But obviously, there's there's certain angles that you need to be putting force in. Um, More um, angles are more optimal than others. So um, we do a lot of jumping. Um, We do a lot of jumping with with elasticity, um, with elastic strength obviously, like you said, explosiveness. Um, yeah. Yeah, man.
0: No, because one thing I've become aware of, uh, especially this off-season, is like, um, someone pointing this out to me. Um, there's like two different things that most athletes need when they start training or when it comes to different uh, different training methods. Is like, obviously everyone has strength, like, you know, like linear strength, like squatting and deadlift and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And some people have you know, like, just like you say, the ability to transfer that to put in, um, force into the ground. And I think, I think for most people, you kind of have to figure out which one you lack more and then work on that. Because there's some people like you who can squat like 500 kg or whatever it is you squat. I don't know how much you squat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I can also, but also have the ability to, to put that into the ground and like pr- prepare yourself forward. Is that something that like, yeah. That's something that you, you found that you had to work on did you have to work on a particular part of um of, of
1: like strength or plyometrics or did you just have um, to keep working both at the same time so i found that like earlier on in my like my training years i was just naturally strong yeah um and i guess for a while i thought that that was enough but mm-hmm. i guess as athletes as performance athletes you because know, we're, we're not bodybuilders we're not powerlifters. as yeah. performance athletes you know, you don't have, say, 10 seconds or however long it takes you to perform a squat. Um, You don't have that long in a game to produce force. Mm -hmm. Everything is really fast and really quick. So I found that, yeah, it was great being strong, but now I needed to find ways that, I guess, to transfer that strength into explosiveness on the field and and being fast, but still being strong. Um, So I found that plyometrics, whether it's upper body plyometrics or lower body plyometrics, were, were a great way of me transferring all the strength that I have naturally, I guess into explosive strength and like um, speed strength Mm -hmm. um, on the field, Uh, because you know, if if you didn't, I guess need to be explosive. You find that I guess the power lifters and the bodybuilders would do really well, really well um, in performance sports, but they don't, Um, not because they're not strong enough, but because the amount of time that it takes them to generate that um, that that force um, on the field or on the court. Um, on the track, it takes way too long so they don't generate as much force as they do like whilst their squatting or whilst their benching. Mm. Um, so parametrics are a great way to do that because I guess obviously depending on what parametrics you're, you're looking at, but a lot of them it's, it's always um short contact time with the ground mm. Um so within that short contact time um you're always trying to produce um the most amount of force that you can and I guess you're constantly working on that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah man, and and with with um with your plyometric work, do you find that, like like, is is strength training and plyometrics is the recovery aspect sort of the same, or do you find that you're spending more time recovering, um, from
1: one more than the other? Um. So, so when I think about recovery, I think more, um, of the session as a whole. Yeah. Um. H- how demanding, how intense is that session going to be? Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and and how demanding is the plyometric that we're doing? Um, when we talk about like parametrics I like to I guess not give full recovery so I'm not going to give you a whole three minutes but you know we we don't do it as part of our conditioning Mm -hmm. Um, you know we we keep it short keep it at the start of the session with strength training it's a bit different Um, I I guess with strength training I like to keep the intensity up so I guess the same I won't give myself full recovery but I'll, I'll give myself enough so I can go and perform say my next three reps at, yeah. at, you know, I good quality, I good speed. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess
0: that's my that. No, that's good, man. That's good. And obviously, because right now we're in a pandemic, has your training changed much or is it pretty much the same? Um, so, fortunately, I still have access to gyms. Ah, um, so like
1: Because, uh, <laughs> because uh, you know, the government has that, that elite athlete you know, elite sports is still going on yeah like so yeah, yeah. if you meet like certain requirements you can still use the gym or use certain performance centers so my training hasn't changed much but you know during the first uh the first lockdown mm-hmm. it changed completely because i wasn't spending much time in the gym so yeah i did a lot more jumping and did a lot more running Yeah. Um, and i really like that so this time around uh this off season i was like i took that aspect of you know a lot more jumping a lot more running and i took that over to to this i guess like this phase of training mm-hmm. so i'm still in the gym but i'm spending a, le- a little bit less time in the gym um and spending you know a bit more time running um a bit more time doing plyometrics, um a bit more time on the field mm-hmm. uh so yeah do you fi- do
0: you find um because i'm kind of with you um because obviously you know lockdown i don't really have access to the gym where i am unfortunately mm-hmm. all of us have elite facilities but um <laughs> i I've, I've, I've found <laughs> <do you> <laughs> <laughs> I found that um, I found that um, I actually like really look forward to a lot of the the running and jumping because it it kind of is um, it's a bit of a change of pace really. Like a lot a lot of the time we're we're in the gym doing what we're doing yeah. and you know you do you do plyometrics but not as much
1: as you would obviously when there's no equipment. But do you find that you yeah. look forward to it um, now? Yeah, to- like I, I feel like um, a key aspect of training that I guess gets overlooked a lot of the times it's fun yeah you know are your training sessions fun um you know sometimes they're not meant to be fun sometimes they're meant to be grueling sometimes you know they're, they're meant to be tough and to be exhaustive but um you know generally are your training sessions fun and i find that doing stuff like sprints doing stuff like you know all forms of jumping and parametrics they they always tend to be fun they're always like exciting um <clears throat> so yeah like yeah I, I i do i do look forward to those sessions um, I feel like you have to, do you know, what I mean, as an athlete, um, you know, the stuff that you spend a lot of your time doing. So there's no point doing it if you're not having fun. Um, you know, it's a bit different, I guess, if you're a boxer and you're making God knows how much, or if you're a soccer player and you're making God knows how much. So I guess it'd be more about the money. But you know, like the level that we're playing at and the sport that we're playing at um, within this part of the world, um, I don't feel like the money is enough to to make up for not having fun yeah,
0: during training right.
1: sessions or not enjoying what you're doing.
0: Yeah, and and I, I find as well, like when you, when you actually look forward to training and you're having fun, um, you, you seem to get more out of it, man. Like you, you actually, hundred percent. You had you actually like you know one thing that I have focused on is being present, and it's much easier to be present when you're having fun. Um, yeah, exactly. You're not really looking forward to the end of the session. You're looking forward to okay that this next rep or next set is going to be sick. Yeah, and then that's exactly. that's that's really how how you end up getting better. Um, because, you know, you're focusing on the actual rep and, you know, that, uh, exactly. some, I, th- I think it's called the mind-muscle connection where, like, you're actually thinking about what you're doing. And what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, you end up getting
1: getting better, man. So, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're actually, you're actually doing stuff with intent. Exactly. Like when you're looking forward, I guess, when you're hoping the session ends sooner, when you're looking forward to the end of the session, I guess you're, you're doing things more so just to get through it yeah. you know, and get out but when you're having fun and when you're enjoying what you're doing, I feel like it's much easier to do something intense. intent. It's like, a big thing about, you know, when we talk about it um doing explosive work, whether it's running, um, jumping, whatever, is always to do stuff with intent. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's much easier to do that when you're actually enjoying what you're doing rather than looking forward to being done with
0: it. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Um, So, you, you spoke about your off-season a yeah. little bit. How do you, how do you structure your off-season? Because I know it's obviously different with different sports. Um, yeah, I know. I know some people like to do certain things at the beginning that they cut down on the end, and I know some people like to like be at like a certain weight and then they lose the weight or gain the weight or ever or whatever. And I know some people like to try and peak. Obviously, with with American football, in your position, um, you know you're not because because of, of the combine. I'm not really sure when you guys are going to camp, but are you looking to? Yeah. Are you looking to like be? peaked like going into camp or how how do you structure
1: your season? Um so the way I'm structuring this off season now I guess is a bit different to to how I would normally have done it just because of Corona, yeah. um inconsistencies, a bit been a bit of inconsistencies of like gyms closing, gyms opening or certain facilities being open, certain facilities been shut. Um but generally it's more so Okay, um, at the start of off-season, I like to get in shape. So whether it's, you know, we start with tempo runs, um, a lot of hill work, um, stuff we do in the gym, it's so to get in shape, get me ready for, like, the faster stuff um, that would come further down the line in the off-season. Mm-hmm. Um, a big main aspect of what we do at ATP um, is our training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we work on um, the three components of dynamic movements individually. So, you know, we go through, like, eccentrics isometrics and concentric training um, okay. so that's like the main focus of that um with the speed work again we break that into components of like acceleration and top speed um you know early in the off season a lot of the top speed work will be i guess more like i said more tempo runs more getting into shape working on like aerobic capacity and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and then like further down the off season that's when we start doing like a lot of the fast stuff I started to do stuff like the flying thirties and um, you know fast wicket runs and stuff like that. Um, as for peaking, so just because of the nature of the sport, I don't feel like you should look for a time for when you're peaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's a bit different when you're doing something like track um, because you know you, you know the, you, have, you only have a certain amount of meat Um a year, so I guess you can peak for a certain time in the year. Like if you have say um your most important run is in July, you can aim to peak around that time. But I guess with American football, um, every game is important. So I look yeah. rather than to I guess to peak at a certain time, I look more to being and being ready for football at the start of the season and then during the season it's more so just making sure my body's right. I'm not looking to okay I'm going to peak for the finals or I'm going to peak for the semis. It's, it's more so, okay, and Let me make sure I'm ready for football, ready to play sports um, at the start of the season and then during the season it's more so just looking, looking after my body, uh, making sure that, you know, um, I'm taking care of, like, the niggles that you get, the small injuries that you get. Um, so, yeah, there's not so much focus on peaking. Mm-hmm. Um, although, with the combine coming up, I guess it's been a bit different this year. Because yeah. with the combine coming up, you do want to peak in time for the combine. But if there isn't a combine, that would like be my general um, plan. But yeah, with the combine coming up, I guess I am for, yeah, I guess I'm looking to peak um, in time for the combine so I can perform really well. But then after that, it's back to like the normal stuff that I talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that sounds good, man. And you also, earlier on, you just spoke about the, um, like the eccentric, concentric and isometric phase. Do you mind just yeah. quickly explaining what each of those are?
1: Yeah, so, um, so with every uh, dynamic movement, um, so whether like you're running or, or you're jumping, every dynamic movement, there's three phases that always take place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always an eccentric phase, an isometric phase, and a um, concentric phase. Um, an example of an isometric phase would be like um, when you're squatting on the way down, that would mm-hmm. be an example of like the isometric <laughs> phase, um, or like when you're benching on the way down, um, that that again would be an example of an isometric phase. Um, the isometric phase is a, a bit more harder to to point out because it happens like instantaneously. Yeah. But um, so I'll, I'll cover that one at the end. The concentric phase is an example would be like on the way up of a squat. Um, that that's an example, or you know, um, when you're going from the bottom to the top of a bench. Um, that's like when I guess they say the length between your I forgot the technical terms but the length of your muscles is, sh- is contracted it's shortening Yeah. Um, and then like between your isometric and your um, concentric phase is your isometric phase um, so that's normally like at the very like at the bottom of your squat there's like a certain point um, that happens really like really instantaneously that like you're not moving at all mm-hmm. but like, when, or like when you're going from isometric to the concentration that, that's all the free movements and I guess a big yeah. part of our our, our training at ATC is um we train all those movements because they all have a part to play in how well you move dynamically whether it's running or jumping so mm-hmm. we cover that um a lot of people I guess do a lot of concentric training which is great but then you can you can't do you can only do so much concentrically if you're not doing well eccentrically yeah um, so yeah, we tried to cover all those, all of those aspects.
0: And and in in trying to cover all those things and, and coaching a lot of a lot of young athletes, what do you find is the hardest for, for athletes to to get grips with? Gets to grips with. Um,
1: so in the eccentric phase, training that is the most demanding. Um, just like in terms of like how much it burns, like your CNS, mm-hmm. um, how, how how like I guess it, it makes you tired quicker. Yeah. Um, I guess that's, that's the hardest because um, you, know, you have to, I guess, manage how tired the athletes are, how much stress they're under. Um, a lot of guys will always say, oh yeah, I can keep going, I can keep going. But as a coach, I guess it's important to, to measure that for yourself and see, okay, um, is my athlete um, getting too stressed to the point where he's going to be over-training or you know, is it just enough to, I guess, um, cause like adaptation? Mm-hmm. I guess that's the hardest part. Concentric training, I think, is um, normally the easiest because I guess it's normally the easiest to sell and it's not as demanding um, as, as eccentric training. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I say eccentric eccentric training is, is always the hardest to, to, yeah, to, to measure and, I guess, to sell to an athlete, um, you know, trying to sell to young athlete who, I guess, only feed, only feed or only focuses unconsciously on the concentric part, trying to sell him the importance of, say, a box drop mm-hmm. or, you know, um, say we're doing squats, you know, having him slow down the tempo on the way down, having to sell that to him is is, is difficult, but, but, you know, we're, we're getting it, but it's cool.
0: And uh, what, I mean, because, because eccentric training is, is obviously exhausting and obviously you're training a lot yourself. How do you, um when you're training, how do you make sure you're not burning yourself out? Because obviously in, in our sport and especially, I think, it might be a, a British thing you know we always look to you know everyone's like work hard and hard graft and all this stuff but yeah. sometimes sometimes <laughs> sometimes you know that, that can lead to injury that can lead to, to mm. poor poor reps which lead to injury so how do you make sure you know I mean how do you make sure you're you're training the right amount and not causing yourself damage
1: um at the start it's normally trial and error yeah if I'm being honest especially um, yeah it's more we try and error but there are like certain I guess symptoms to look out for um, if someone's overtraining or not um, so just because of like so obviously you want to put your body through stress to cause adaptation Yeah. Um, but but during that you risk that like, burning your central nervous system out and you risk like um, weakening your immune system so I think there's a lot of times when people are overtraining they tend to start getting sick mm-hmm so that's normally a good sign. Like they start getting sick. Yeah, like yeah. So that's normally a good sign. Another good sign is normally like for restlessness. Like you'll be tired, but say you can't really sleep. Mm. Um, so like, if I'm like say cool like me, who I like to sleep a lot. If at night I find that I'm not like having good nights of sleep, that's like normally another sign. Yeah. Um, and I guess just just getting to know how your body feels. Like, mm-hmm. I can tell when I'm tired like towards the end of of the week or um, towards the end of like a training block, I'll start to feel tired. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of know, okay, um, cool. Um, But I guess these are all things that take trying and error. More, I guess, reliable ways that I'd I'd like to do or that I do sometimes if I have like the resources um, are like measure certain things that I'll do. So I might say, I might measure my vert jump at the start of every session Mm-hmm. Um, that's normally a good indicator to know, like, where I'm at. Like, am I tired? Am I not tired? Um, yeah. That's, I, I, that's, that's a good one, idea, actually. I'm not yeah, but I guess it, it's hard if you're doing it yourself. So if you have, like, I guess the equipment or access to facilities, like, say, force plates, mm-hmm. um, testing before every session, just one, just, like, a couple of jumps is normally great. Yeah. Because then you can see just from that um, the output that you're giving out. Um, am I tired? Am I not tired? How much water am I producing compared to like how much water I normally produce on average? Um, so that's normally a great way to do if you have the resources. But other than that, it's more so just getting to know how your body feels, man. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people mistake fatigue as an indicator to keep going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But normally, it's normally a sign from your body to, okay, yeah, man, you probably need to take a, a couple of days off, a delo day or bring the intensity of your work your workouts down or um have a bit more rest to recover between workouts um yeah
0: i think i think people get that that fear of missing out um we all we all get tired um but you think sometimes i but well, i used to think anyway um if i if i had to take like a like you say a deal a week or some time i was training i think oh man all these reps that i'm missing out on i'm getting
1: worse yeah <laughs> and then you're probably thinking ah oh, the other guys are probably training right now and yeah oh, i not to take a week off um and, and i get that like i definitely get that but i guess when you look at the long term you'd be doing yourself more harm than good if you kept going if you kept over training you wouldn't get the gains that you would have gotten if you allowed your body to rest and adapt to the stress that you've just put it under
0: Exactly, man. And I think one, one thing that is killing, killing our people is when people say they want to get better, like, 1% every day. every day. That, is, that yeah. doesn't even make sense when you think about That's, it. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> doesn't make sense every day.
1: I, 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 get, I, get, I get where it comes from, that yeah. idea that, like, I guess every day you want to take something away, like, learn something or get better at something specific. But not every day. Some days, some days you need to rest, sometimes you need to chill. Some days you need to take time away from training and i guess just just recover man just yeah Definitely. realign yourself and yeah it's, it's hard i guess it's easier i guess through our sport as well the difficult thing is that a lot of athletes don't have access to like performance coaches so a lot of these things like you know measuring fatigue and you know looking watching out for over training or not they have to do it themselves
0: yeah yeah but when yeah. you
1: have like a coach someone who knows you it's easier for you to listen to him if he says okay yeah next week I'm taking off but when it comes from you yourself a big fear is I guess people thinking oh am I just saying this to avoid working hard exactly so then guys, yeah. so then guys will keep going and yeah it's, it's, it's difficult
0: and then, and then something terrible happens that happens to all of yeah the like
1: an injury or yeah
0: man it sucks. so the CFL man um. Obviously, they they've changed the, the combine. So you're doing the combine like remotely, right? Are you, so how does how's that gonna work? Are you guys gonna are you gonna film your measurables,
1: or how's that gonna work? So so basically, yeah. The CFO announced I go, a couple of weeks ago, a ago, that that they're gonna do the combine remotely just because of everything that's going on with coronavirus. Um, it wouldn't be a good idea for us, and I guess the country probably wouldn't allow. Um, you know, many people from different countries to all come at once, and I guess gather around. Especially when Canada's going through like their second wave. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they said is that like, we'll do the combine remotely, um, mm-hmm. and then they haven't. You have a Zoom call on the second of February, okay. I guess, to discuss like the logistics of how mm-hmm. that will work. But um, I guess there's two options. One will be they split everyone into groups, I guess, based on time zones, and we'll do it all live. But we'll also have people recording. Okay. Like, so we'll, have, we'll do it on live in front of scouts, but there'll also be like, say, another phone that's recording so I can watch it later and send to scouts. Yeah. Um, that's one way it's a bit more difficult because I guess you have to, um, you have to hope that everyone has access to say enough cameras to do yeah. it live and like, be recording their stats. Um, and obviously, there's, there's like technical issues that can happen with like a loss of signal or a lag like, let I me mean not jet lag so like a lag in terms of like internet connection and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other option would be, I guess to just have people record it on their own and have them send it through to you. Yeah um, The difficulty about that is, I guess, you'd have to be able to tell through camera if that's 40 yards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you have yeah. to be able to tell as a scout, okay, was that forty yards that he just ran, um, or is that five ten five rather than three rather than three nine two? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You yeah. To, as a scout, you have to be able to tell you things. So I guess that's the difficulty with that. Although it would be easier because there wouldn't be stuff like lag, or you wouldn't have to hope that everyone is in like the same time zone. You could just tell the guys, okay, here's the deadline day. By this day, you need to have some videos of this, this, that. But like I said, there's there's issues because you'd have to be able to tell whether people are running the right distances. They gotta trust you. And, yeah, they gotta trust you, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and then on top of that, the the Canadian combine is, is famous for, I guess, doing like one on one draws.
0: Yeah. You know, they're famous
1: for doing stuff padded, but you won't get that because people will be on their own. So it would just be the normal combine mm-hmm. draws. So
0: so, what are you expecting from this process? Because obviously, it's a, it's a lot more different than actually being in front of in front of people and in front of scouts, as as you know, we witnessed last year.
1: Do you yeah. think do you think it'll be easier? Do you think it's going to be a bit more challenging? That I would have done really good in person. The issue with, I guess, doing it on a like a remote combine is you have to I guess shine athletically. Yeah. Um, for a camera, which I guess a bit more difficult. Um, but it's cool you know
0: I, I always like a challenge so I'm ready for that yeah man and and what are you because obviously um, in different sports you know there, there might be guys that are moving up to to like a more pro setting or like a like a senior setting or whatever what are yeah. you thinking about moving up to to playing against guys that have been playing since they were like four years old and you know you might be playing against NCAA stars how are you, how you thinking about that
1: I like that yeah um I guess the, the nature of the sport is to compete. Mm-hmm. Like Fundamentally, that's what all, all our sport is, just competing against the guy in front of you. And um, I guess you display how good you are by how well you do against the guys in front of you. Yeah. So I guess it'd be a, a great chance for me to see how good I am by playing better guys, by, by playing better opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be playing the sport, I guess, if I didn't want to see how good I was or if I didn't want to consistently like challenging myself and get better so I, I'm, it, cool, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it so yeah and I think
0: I think as well one thing that, that someone said to
1: me um, that was really
0: good bit of advice is you wouldn't be there if you weren't ready to be you know so and anyone yeah, who's exactly anyone who's moving up to to whatever level higher level and you're, you're a bit nervous um, you wouldn't be in a position to to compete at a higher level against uh, against you know top-notch athletes if if you weren't meant to be. Um, yeah. Sport I, sport I is like, agree. yeah, I say like sport is the, the ultimate meritocracy. Like you don't, you can't get far in, in, in any sport without being good at it. So, if without you are, good, yeah. if you are in a position to compete, then you've done the
1: work and it's, it's time to show off. Man. Yeah. You're clearly there for, you clearly have something that's allowed you to get there. Exactly. I feel like a certain level that's allowed you to get get, get, get past all the other obstacles that are coming your way. So, about yeah, being able to compete on that day or
0: in that moment that's it man um all right so so just just to wrap up um i'm I'm always quite keen to to hear um like top athletes what 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 is the what's some of the what's probably the biggest mistake you'd say that you see young athletes make in in american football or just sports in general
1: um not 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 asking for help mm I feel like um, too many people have pride. Like obviously, so I understand that like playing a sport and I guess living is difficult because it's hard to explain, say, to an employer um, or to, I guess, friends that, you know, you can't make certain things or you can't attend certain shifts or whatever because you have your sport um, or you have to go to the gym or go to the field And because of that, I feel like a lot of athletes take on things taking responsibility onto themselves, which is important too. Mm-hmm. My like it's also important to ask for help. Um, and like playing our sport, for example, in the UK, um, you have to get to a certain level before you start, I guess, getting paid or whatever. So a lot of it is, I guess, you're almost volunteering your time. So I get that a lot of athletes may not have money to invest into training, but so they don't ask, they they teach themselves, and which is great, which is yeah. great in life, but it's important to teach yourself. But I guess that opens up the door to loads of, like, lo- lots of trial and error, yeah. lots of mistakes that you'll make. So, uh, like for me, always ask for help. The worst, the worst response I can say is no. You exactly. know what I mean, um, and and as a coach myself, um, if an athlete comes to me, you know, he doesn't have the financials for me to, to I guess take part in our program. If I can see that you know he's willing to put in the work, we can find some sort of compromise. Mm.
0: That's so, the way to do it, man. That's that's really yeah, just all, all ask for help. That's it. Just everyone, you know, if you're struggling with anything, just ask for help. Don't make you weak. It make, it makes you, if anything, it makes you stronger and more responsible to recognize that you have a weakness and, and you're willing to move exactly. on. It's, it's hard yeah. to see
1: that yourself. Like I see a lot of guys doing drills, and I, I appreciate the hard work that they're putting in, but they don't see the mistakes that they're making. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they ask for help, it'd be, it'd be better for them.
0: Yeah, man. That's it, man. Man, I've I've enjoyed this conversation, and um, I think I'm gonna take away the one thing you spoke about that I really liked was the aspect of, of having fun and and making sure that your training, you know, is it, is it is like you say, it does get lost with everything that we do, and you know, field and being, being in the gym and film study, all like that you kind of do forget to have fun. Um, but you that's that's why everyone kind of gets into what they do, especially in sports, is you enjoy it. So definitely, exactly. gonna, definitely gonna. Definitely remember that as I'm training, man.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I'm fine, man. Enjoy your you Otherwise, like, <laughs> you to do something do you know what I mean? Trust uh, me, yeah, man. I, I, I don't, uh, like, this isn't, I guess, America, where it's a, it's a matter of, where it's a bit more, I guess, um, like, amount of life and death. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have a bit more, more traces like, cool, we don't do sports, that's fine. There's other, other things that you can take, other roads you can take. So, if you're going to be here, you might as well enjoy it. If you're going to be putting in, I don't know how many hours of work and making all these sacrifices, at least make sure you enjoy it because I guess, especially playing in the UK, playing our sport, um, there isn't as much reward as there is for, I guess, soccer players um, and such. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, man. No, it's been a good discussion, man. Guys, you can find... Glenn on. I don't, do, you, do you use your Twitter much? Would you say people can find you on there or not really? Yeah, yeah,
1: they, yeah, they yeah.
0: can find me. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's at Glentunga Um, same as Instagram at Glen Tunga. G E L E N T O O N G A. And obviously yeah. you got ATP as well. Um, which is which is Glen perf- Glen and, and and Mike's I should say performance company. Um, yeah. they're on they're on Instagram. They've got five videos. Um, and it's at a. Full stop. T underscore performance. Um, yeah. So yeah, man, Glenn. It's been a pleasure speaking Thanks. to you, man.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. It was, it was, it was nice. That's
0: cool, man. That's cool. All right, man. Uh, well, guys, uh, next episode, man. See you guys
1: later. Take Peace care. care. See you later, man.